Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thankful for the opportunity to be back in the house of the Lord with all of you wonderful people. And, uh, and I did find out some inside information. And uh, I, I didn't win the popular vote. I, I didn't win the popular vote. But thank God for the Electoral College. Amen. I still got to be here. So, amen. I think Brother Looper beat me on the popular vote. Thanks to Brother Landon. But, amen, I'll forgive Brother Landon. I'll still, amen, try to do my best tonight to honor him. Amen. Thankful to be back in the house of the Lord. Man, this is, uh, I, at first I thought when I got invited that this might be the first service that I would get to be back with a full service. And uh, two weeks ago, we did get to return to a church, but on a limited capacity, we could only have up to 75 people in service, still wearing masks. I mean, so uh, couldn't shake hands, can't sit beside each other. Man, it's, so it's, it's wonderful to be back in real church. Man, it, it, for two and a half months, I, I didn't put on a tie, didn't put on a white shirt, and then sat and listened to a little phone, but thank God to be in real church. Amen. Amen. It puts a whole new meaning to when David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. I never want to take it for granted again. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, we'll turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And then you know you go to some restaurants and you order a burger and uh, all the trimmings and the meat is a lot thicker than the buns. I mean, but I'm sandwiched between a baby dedication and a baptism this morning. So I'm going to hope, amen, that the buns are a lot bigger than the, the meat here tonight or this morning. And so I don't want to, amen, distract from everything else going on. So I'm going to get out of the way, amen, and do my little part this morning. But I do feel like I got a little word from the Lord. So if you'll help me, amen, I won't take too long. Man, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Man, I want to uh, bring your attention to two things in this scripture. Man, first of all, it says the substance of things hoped for. And if you look and begin to study that in the Strongs, you'll find that that word things is not really there, but... They clarified it with the translators, and really what it would say is, now faith is the substance of hopes. And the second part does have that word for things there, the evidence of things not seen. And I want us to focus on that. So if we'll put our Bibles down and lift our hands to heaven one more time, ask that God would move in this service. God, touch my lips, touch my mind. God, I want to be able to preach your word to your people. God, thankful for this opportunity to be in your house, to feel your presence. God, let us feel your grace and your mercy today. God, we give you glory. We give you praise and honor in your name. And we love you. We thank you. And we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You can be seated. And we begin to read in Hebrews chapter 11 about a subject that is very uh, common to the apostolic faith. And that is the very word faith. 
Hebrews chapter 11 begins to talk about faith in more in depth uh, than it does anywhere else in the Bible. We quickly find that not only is there a definition of faith here, that it is the substance of things uh, hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, but we quickly find out uh, in verse uh, number uh, 6 that it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. And that means that with faith it is possible to please Him. He is not a judging God that looks down upon His people, uh, always looking for a reason to be mad at us. uh, But as long as we will have faith, uh, we are able uh, to please Him. Uh, Amen. I'm thankful that I have an ability within me uh, that all I have to do is believe on Him, uh, and that pleases Him. Uh, That makes Him happy. Uh, The God that created heaven and earth uh, gets happy uh, when I believe in Him. Amen. Faith is not just believing. Although we would find that in the secular world, they would put faith uh, on a lot of different things. Uh, What faith really is, is faith is the belief in truth. There are not many faiths because there are not many truths. Just because you believe in Buddha does not mean you have faith. I mean, just because you believe in Baal does not mean uh, you have faith. Uh, Just because you believe on your inner self does not mean you have faith. Uh, But you've got to believe that He is uh, and that He is a rewarder uh, of them that diligently seek Him. Uh, That's what faith is. Amen. That what that tells me is that you don't find faith uh, down in every church down the street, uh, but where there is an apostolic doctrine preached, uh, where there's a holiness doctrine preached, uh, that's where you find faith. Uh, that's where God pays attention to prayers. Uh, that's where God is pleased. Man, I believe that God listens to all prayers, uh, but it's only when they listen uh, and begin to realize uh, that what I've been taught my whole life uh, has not got me anywhere. uh, But there's got to be someone up there uh, that loves me uh, more than I love myself. uh, And when the sinner uh, who's drunk in the ditch uh, begins to say, God, if you exist anywhere in the universe, uh, if you would just help me, uh, there's a little bit of faith there. uh, And God begins to be pleased. Man, God listens to a sinner's prayer when a sinner begins to believe that he is and he's listening to him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Faith is described as substance and evidence. When we begin to think of these words, uh, what we would think in the natural mind is something, uh, if it's got substance, uh, if it's evidence, it's something you can hold on to. Uh, It's something that is tangible. Uh, It's something you can look at. Uh, It's something not easily lost, uh, but it's easily defined. Uh, It's easily described. Uh, But when we begin to look at what faith is in the Bible, uh, we find uh, that it's a little less stable than that. Uh, It's a little less defined find than that. It's not something that you just get and hold on forever. But the Bible begins to talk about faith in one place it says there is the measure of faith. In another place it says that we can be lacking in our faith. It says that we can be weak in the faith. It says that there can be a proportion 
of faith. The Bible says that we could, the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And man, Jesus began to look at a woman and he says, I have not found so great faith, uh, no, not in all of Israel. Uh, and then he begins to look at his disciples in a boat when the storm's all around them. Uh, and he says, how is it uh, that ye have no faith? Uh, and then so faith sometimes uh, begins to begin wavering. Uh, it sometimes is a little less, uh, sometimes it's a little more. Uh, sometimes we have just a little bit uh, and sometimes we feel like we have a whole lot. Uh, sometimes it feels like we can really grab a hold of it. And then at other times we open up our fingers and realize that we weren't holding anything because we had no faith at all. But I want to have faith in Him. Man, this this idea of faith was so... uh, uh, so great and marvelous uh, that Jesus himself looked at humanity uh, and looked at their mindset uh, and looked at the idea that we can only believe in what we see. uh, And he realized that faith is going to be hard to hold on to sometimes. uh, And he goes to the point to say, shall I find faith uh, when I return? Man, but I don't believe that God wants us to feel like we can't have faith. I mean, I feel like God wants to be pleased with us, and thus He wants us to have faith. And faith is really, really not as abstract as what we think. But Hebrews chapter 11 begins to give us an idea of how faith can come to us. And then faith can be passed down by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac, by faith Jacob, and by faith Joseph. Amen. There can be a continuation of faith. You can make it easier for your children to have faith if you'll just hold on to a little bit of faith. Man, Paul would begin to talk to Timothy and he says that I have a remembrance of the unfeigned faith that is in thee. But first it dwelt in your grandmother and then it dwelt in your mother. And now I recognize it because it dwells in you too. He didn't count it as a separate faith. He realized it's a continuation of the same faith in a good God-fearing family. Oh, baby, dedications aren't a waste of time. Why? Because faith and dedication and commitment to God can be passed down. You can't train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Faith is not limited by social constructs. And faith is not limited uh, to just because you were born in the church. That's the only way uh, you can get faith. Amen. Not just because uh, you might be a male in the house of the Lord can you have faith. Amen. You might not just have to be a patriarch to have faith. But by faith, Sarah, a woman, amen, mentioned by God that, hey, not only does Abraham have faith, but his wife had faith too. Amen. It doesn't matter what society says. Amen. Everybody can have faith in the house of God. It doesn't matter if you're, if you were a Christian your whole life, but by faith Rahab, a harlot, amen, she had faith too. 
Amen. It doesn't matter if you were a sinner. Amen. You can come into the house of God, lift your hands to heaven, and recognize there's only one God, and that His name is Jesus. And He begins to wash your sins away. And what you walked in carrying, a luggage of sin and baggage, you get to go back out holding faith to a God that is real, a God that is able, a God that is powerful. Amen. We would look in the natural world and we look at, at successes. And David was a success. And even if you're successful in this world, you can still have faith in the spiritual world. But, amen, but Samson was a failure in the natural world. But by faith, Samson, it doesn't matter where you're at on success. You might be a failure in every endeavor that you go through. You might be a failure at every job you have. You might be a failure at every talent you have. Amen. But God still said, you can have faith. By faith, Abel. There's so much in that scripture. Why? Because Abel was unlike anybody else mentioned in the chapter of 11 of the book of Hebrews. Amen. Isaac had Abraham. Jacob had Isaac. Joseph had Jacob. Amen. Sarah had someone to look to. Amen. Noah had Enoch to look to. Enoch had Abel to look to. But here is Abel, the child of the first failures, the child of the sinners cast out of the garden. He has no training of someone that was faithful to God in front of him. He has no background to teach him that somebody's walked down this road before and so I can follow in their footsteps. But oh, it doesn't matter if you've got a family member in the house of God. It doesn't matter if you've got someone that you can follow their steps into the house of God. Amen. You can be like Abel and say, there was nobody before me that had faith. But I still had faith to believe that I could offer a sacrifice to God. And He would accept it. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. We like to tell people, uh, oh, don't worry about your problems. Uh, Somebody's already went through that problem before. But I'm going to tell you, uh, there are some people uh, that go through some things uh, that I've never heard of, uh, that I've never seen, uh, that I never could imagine. uh, But I know that it doesn't matter if anybody else has gone through it. Uh, You can go through it uh, by faith. But oh, it's easy to talk about faith. It's easy to talk about what faith does. But what really is faith? The Bible says it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction and the belief in objects or things or matters that are not seen. Amen. It's the belief that there are things that are unseen, but now you will be able to be seen. This unseen is unbelievable and it's impossible. But faith makes it happen. Man, it's impossible 
to believe that a mountain can be moved and cast into a sea. But faith is the evidence of that thing that was not seen before, but now it will be seen. Man, faith is the evidence of those unimaginable healings, those unimaginable deliverances, those unseen provisions where out of nowhere God supplied all of your need according to his riches and glory. Man, we look in the Bible and we begin to find that as Jesus walked this earth, he began to do things that had never been seen before. And there were people that just said, if I could but see Jesus, I know I'll see something amazing. And man, we begin to read about the groups and the congregation and the presses that just walked around with him, seeing those great things that he'd done. And Brother Mark, they just wanted to have faith in the things that no one ever had seen before. And, and they knew if I just get to Jesus... I can see a lame man healed. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? If I can just be around Jesus, I have the faith to believe. And then that there will be someone that is bound by devils, that are bound by alcohol, that is bound by drugs, and I will see them delivered. If I could just get around Jesus, I know that that someone will bring a daughter and say she's been dead. But I know I'll see somebody raised from the dead. Oh, they had faith in God that if they could just get around that man named Jesus, they would begin to have evidence of things not seen before. They would get to go home and say, Mama, and then you would never believe what I seen today. Oh, Mama, and then you would never believe that there was a man that didn't have a finger and God just reached down and suddenly there was a finger there. Man, Daddy, you won't believe it. I saw this man named Jesus and he looked, reached down in the mud and he spit in this God's face and all of a sudden a blind man could see again. Oh, I've got faith to believe the unseen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And man, that's why there was always a large congregation. Because Brother Justin... Man, if I just knew where to see a miracle, I would go watch a miracle. Man, if I could just go see a healing, I, I guarantee you I would go watch a healing be done. And so there were millions, uh, amen, that were looking around saying, hey, uh, if we could just get in that right town, uh, if we could just crawl up that right tree, uh, if we could just find ourselves on the right sidewalk, uh, we'll see something uh, that I can go home and write about. Uh, amen, I can tell somebody, uh, I've seen something today uh, that you've never seen before. And the reason they did it was they because they had faith. They had faith that Jesus was going to do something for someone that day. They knew that Jesus was able to do great things for someone that day. But faith is more than the evidence of things not seen. Faith has another side. It's the hope side. It's the substance of things hoped for. Or rather, the substance of hopes 
the substance of dreams, the substance of desires. This idea of substance really means an assurance or foundation. It's something that that faith is that object on which you can place your hopes. It's that foundation upon which you can put your dreams. It's that place where those desires that you've had, you can put them on faith. And you know there's some substance there that's going to hold it. And some came to see the unseen. But others came because they had hope. Some came to see a miracle. But others came because they needed a miracle. Some came to see deliverance. But others came bound, needing to be loosed. Some came to be healed. But others came bruised, broken, and maimed, needing a touch from that man named Jesus. Some came to press in close to Jesus to see what he was doing. But others had to come pushing, clawing, crawling, that they might just touch the hem of his garment. They weren't there for great things because things give the idea of, Far off objects, just a matter of business, but hopes. That's something that you hold on a little bit tight. And man, things that are unseen is somebody else getting healed, but hopes is that I might get healed. Then the evidence and things not seen is, is hoping that, is seeing that somebody else is going to get deliverance and you know that God is able to deliver them. But there's another side of faith that makes you wish that you could get up there and you hope that He delivers you. It's that hope side of faith. The thing about it is that if I don't see somebody else get healed, it doesn't really affect my faith. Because I don't have to go home with that. But when hope is deferred, it maketh the heart sick. And when the heart is sick, suddenly faith begins to get sick. Faith begins to waver. Faith becomes a little bit less secure in your hands. Because you had hoped that God heard your prayer. You saw Him do it for somebody else and you knew that He could. But when it came for you, that was something a little bit closer. That was something a little bit... More that touches the heart. Yeah, I feel it when I want others to be healed, but they're not healed. But when I need a touch and I pray earnestly and I don't feel a touch. Oh, Brother Allen, that's when my faith begins to waver. And when suddenly the foundations begin to waver, what do we do? We see the substance begin to waver. The faith begins to waver. And suddenly we decide that, you know what? If I set that hope on something wavering, something unsteady, it might be broken. I'll take that hope back. I'll quit praying that prayer. Why? Because as long as I don't pray that prayer, then God, if He doesn't answer, it doesn't really matter. 
If I don't pray that prayer, I don't risk the chance of being heartbroken. If I don't pray that prayer, I don't risk the the chance of God not answering and, and me having to stand before my family saying, I don't know why God didn't supply our need. And so we begin to take those hopes back. But we look in the Bible, man, as they would come to the music, and I told you I wouldn't take very long. I just got a little bit left. Man, Abraham was going to lay Isaac upon an altar. He was going to kill him. And everything in his mind said that if I kill him, it's over. But the Bible says that against hope, he believed in hope. Against what everything else said, he still believed in hope. The Bible says in Mark chapter 9 and verse 17, One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath the dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foams, he gnashes his teeth, he just destroys him. I came to your disciples because I had believed in the unseen. I had seen others delivered. And I knew if I could just get my boy to those disciples, something would change that day. But they could not. Jesus said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. He's getting a chance to bring his hopes that this boy that's been foaming at the mouth, this boy that's been gnashing, this boy that he had given life to, and now he knows Satan himself is trying to snatch that life back out. He brings him before the God of glory manifested in flesh, and right there in the presence of God, he brought his troubles to the Lord. The Bible says right there, Straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Here is this man, this father, this believer, that if I can just get to the disciples, if I could just get to Jesus, my life and my son's life will be changed. I hope that it's today. I hope that he's able to do it. I've seen it done for others and I believe it. But today I'm hoping it's done for me and my family. But right there in the presence of Jehovah, the spirit that's so evil still has a hold so strong that even in the very eyesight of Jesus, it would cast that boy down and tear him. He asked, how long is it ago since it came unto him? He said, it's been like this his whole life. He brings him, the Spirit will bring him and cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus looked at him, the same Jesus that had just looked at him a few seconds early and said, O faithless generation, 
he begins to realize, you know what? I spoke that for all the worlds to know that there is a faithless generation. But I can tell there's something different about this man. If thou canst believe, if you can just believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out, and with tears he said something that we quote, but sometimes we don't really understand. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Because this man had an understanding about faith that Paul would write about some 30 years later. That there's two sides of faith. There's the kind of faith that makes it easy to believe that everybody else will be healed. It's easy to believe that everybody else's sons will be delivered. It's easy to believe that everybody else's bills will be paid. It's easy to believe that everybody else's jobs will be secure. Oh, I believe God. But help that other side of faith. Because there's a little bit of unbelief in me. On those things that are closest to me. On those things that I've cried night after night after night. That God, if you're out there anywhere, I know you did it for others. Can you do the same for me? Man, I believe, God, I don't want you to think that I don't believe you are able. But these aren't just things. These are my hopes. These aren't just a job for you to do. This is my, this is my whole life I'm putting on the line. I believed it for that person I put my hand on their shoulder on Wednesday night. But deep down I knew if it was me, I'm not sure I could believe for me. Man, as a preacher, even I was praying about these messages. I told God, I said, God, I may not be able to always believe and man, that you're going to answer what I need to do next in my life to me. But I do believe that you can give me a message for that church, for that service. It happens to all of us where, yes, we believe in the unseen. But when it comes to believing that our hopes, that our dreams, that our desires that God really cares about. And if we would stand our feet and begin to gather around this front. In a troublesome time we live. Man, there are so many things that are unsure. There are so many insecure items. It seems that the very foundation of our world can be shaken. And how easy it is for our faith. To be shaken. But today is not the time to take your prayers off of your faith. That's right. Today is not the day to stop praying for the same thing you've been praying for year after year after year. 
In troublesome times, it's not the time to see a world shaken and you try to embrace everything close to you so that it will not be broken. But no, even right now, it's time to say, God, every dream I have, every plan I have, Every hope I have, every need I have, every prayer I've ever prayed, I'm going to pray it one more time this morning. I'm going to place it back where it belongs. That I have unbelief, but God, I'm trying to believe. God, sometimes it's hard. I won't, I won't disagree. But oh God, can you not see I'm trying so hard to believe one more time. Oh, if you, if your world has not been shaken, you're a blessed person. Then why don't you find someone and lay your hand on their shoulder of somebody that you know they've got some hopes that's on a faith that is shaken. Oh, why don't you lay your hand on somebody uh, that may be troubled in their spirit. Uh, Lay your hand on somebody that needs healing. Lay your hand on somebody uh, that has a lost loved one. Today is not the day to give up on your hopes and dreams. But even if you have to look God in the face and say, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. God can help you this morning as they begin to sing. God's going to strengthen your faith. God's going to build your faith. God's going to give you a chance to hope again, to pray again, to love again, to have peace again, to have joy again. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I have hope when trouble comes my way, I have hope, since Jesus has come to stay, I have hope, oh yes, when things they are not well with me, I have hope, it's a beautiful hope, God sets me free.
love you. 